Well, my name's Justin Sovine, like Len said, and throughout my life, I've been a first stringer, second stringer, third stringer, and sometimes completely out of my league. Um, and today is probably one of those moments. <laughs> and so um, one of the clear first stringers probably for this message is a dear Christian and literal brother of mine, Matthias, and uh, currently he's overseas and um, I, I do want to brag on him for just a second. Like, like an athlete, Matthias can go into the zone. He has a switch that can only be explained by the Holy Spirit living through him. He sees people as Christ sees them. He, too, becomes a different person at that moment in time. Um, and it's kind of fun watching him because, obviously, I know him as the imperfect little brother. Um, but seeing God's grace flow through him and just change his life, it's been pretty cool. Um, Matthias truly chases after God with a reckless abandon. And I mean that in the best way possible. And this is exciting to watch, but also very challenging being his older brother to follow his lead. He's a great example of a young person on fire for Christ who sets an example like we are called to do in 1 Timothy 4.12, where Paul challenges and encourages Timothy by saying, don't let anyone look down on you because, of, because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So, <laughs> like Matthias, my first string counterpart, uh, we both struggled to grow facial hair. Um, <laughs> we're the only ones in our family that are over six feet tall. And while close, we aren't part of the old 30 plus crowd yet. And so because of that and the fact that he was over 6,000 miles away, I think you guys are stuck with me today. Um, so like Matthias, I saw my faith grow in this church. I attended youth group here. We moved in eighth grade to Wadsworth um, and, and had several life, um, big life moments and God moments going to youth group. Um, over my time, there was... I was here five years, four different youth pastors. Len was my last one. Um, and during that time, we had a lot of great leaders um, that really poured into us. And so it's kind of cool to be now in their position, in their shoes. And so, yeah, I've been in the youth ministry about five years now. Um, and it's been, it's been exciting just to, to see Len and um, just how long he's been with, with the youth ministry and how much he's been working on developing that next generation for Christ. So I do thank you for that. Um, so being an introvert by nature, um, over the last five years in youth ministry, I don't think I've actually spoken in front of that group for more than five minutes. <laughs> and so when Len texted, and I'll paraphrase for a minute, forget about the minors, I'm calling you straight up to the big leagues, you can only imagine the response I had um, heart started to pound, and I, I think I literally texted Len, yikes. Um, followed by, let me pray about it, hoping God would give me a good way out. Um, <laughs> so why did I say yes? Well, the next day I just happened to be going to a 24-hour retreat called Iron Sharpens Iron. Um, it's where a group of men got together, and we just talked about all facets of life. And the last speaker was a fitness coach, who ended up um, developing a church in his gym and became the pastor of that church. Um, and at the end of his talk, he said, let's be men who take action for Christ. 
And I just knew at that moment it was God using another godly man to speak directly into my current situation at the time. So on the way home from the retreat, I called a godly mentor of mine, Steve, who said, I once heard that if a person of faith that you look up to asks you to do something, you don't hear a clear no, you should really pursue it because they most likely chose you for a reason. Um, So I think Steve's here somewhere, and I I do appreciate that encouragement. And then being a baseball guy, Cindy Mast knocked it out of the park a couple weeks ago, um, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, And at one point, I forget if it was in her talk or in the panel, she said, God often calls us to do something that we aren't naturally good at. And that was strike three for me. So, (laughs) So I stand here before you today completely out of my league to watch God do a miracle, take action, challenge myself, and hopefully challenge a few of you to step out in your faith as well. So with that being said, let's pray. Lord, just give me the words to say and that your will be done today. Um, In this service and um, throughout this week, I just pray that you help us to be people of action that pour into one another and shine for you. Amen. So behind the scenes, I started to get to work on this message, and then I get a call um, from Sean and Len, and um, I, just knowing, knowing that I kind of liked the idea of the Paul-Timothy relationship, I've done a lot of study there, I kind of decided that was the route I felt called to go towards. Um, well, it turns out Pastor Sean felt the same way about next week. And so I, uh, I'm going to simplify and focus mainly on Timothy, and he's going to go into more of this discipleship um, that Paul discussed with others uh, next week. So I'm looking forward to that. So we'll hear more from the teens later, but the youth of today are really growing up in such a high-stress perfectionist culture. Um, where they're expected to not just participate, but excel. And excelling in one thing or two things isn't enough anymore. Um, their calendar really has to be full, and they're, they got to almost be on at all times. Um, that with the social media, with perfect pictures and 10-second videos, it just really um, intensifies that illusion of perfection. On top of that illusion of perfection, the youth of today are living through information overload. The average human today is making 35,000 decisions in a day. Every generation has had to make choices, but where it used to be one or the other, now there are so many different options. Almost think of it like there's a set menu, and now they have a full buffet for every decision they have to make. And also in this world of acceptance, where everybody's accepted how they are and who they are, one of the viewpoints that is often people struggle to accept is being a Christ follower. So stepping out in that faith can be very difficult for these teens. Throw in war, acts of terror, racial injustice, political unrest, a worldwide pandemic, and all of this occurring during a very formative stage in their life, No wonder mental health issues are on such a rise right now. I don't say this to throw a pity party for the younger generation because we are all going through this and have all had to face the things of this world, simply to shed some light on the struggles the youth are going through today. Every generation has had to fight their own battles, and this generation is no different. Luckily, God's grace is sufficient, and to quote my father-in-law, 
the most important principles have always endured and are no less applicable in our current setting. So let's stand firm in our faith through all of life's challenges. And just like Galatians 6, 9, which I, I will bounce around a little bit. I don't know if we have the verses up there, but um, I will bounce around in, in the word a little bit today. So if you can follow along with me, great. If not, not a big deal. Um, so Galatians 6, 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we don't grow weary. So how do the youth of today make good decisions in an ever-evolving world, where according to the world, right and wrong is often fluctuating and can even be decided by each individual person? Well, first, we must know what God says in his word. So Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. The second way, second thing is we must slow down. In this world of craziness, we need to just take a breath and slow down and pray. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And there it says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, um, the third point would just be, we need to seek godly counsel. We need to surround ourselves with other believers that are wiser and more experienced than us. And going back to Proverbs uh, 19.20, um, it says, Listen to counsel and accept discipline, that you may be wise the rest of your days. So going back to kind of my main verse for today, um, Timothy, or 1 Timothy 4.12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. This verse is a call to action. He expects Timothy to set an example here. Um, and, and even though in their day and age, youth were not expected to be in leadership positions. They were really, it was the older generation that was only the leaders. Um, and, and maybe some of you younger folks here today feel that way today. And hopefully this verse is an encouragement for you to step up. Um, but the idea of setting an example in your faith does not have an age requirement. That goes for us all. The challenge to set an example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, while it goes for us all, the younger generation, the challenge is present tense. Okay? It is now, not when we are older. I always, I, I've heard this plenty of times, like, I'll take my faith serious when I'm older, when I'm 30, when I'm 40. Um, the, this verse is really challenging you to do that now. So going to our decision-making grid, what does the Bible say about these five areas? Speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And I don't have enough time to go through all of that today, but I would really encourage you to spend some time there and, and figure out what the Word does say there. Then pray about it. 
Ask God, where are you lacking? In what areas can you improve? Then find other believers who do set a good example there. Um, <laughs> no, nobody but Jesus Christ is perfect. And if we are willing to accept this fact, we can not only learn from other people's um, the things they do well, but we can also learn from the things they don't do so well and how God has brought them through that. I'm part of a men's Bible study group that meets every Monday. Um, and I'm by far the outlier in the group as far as age goes. But it's fun watching these guys' lives. Um, I get to see what they're doing well, what areas they've messed up in the past or, or they're struggling with now, and hopefully to learn from that and not necessarily repeat it myself. They have been in my shoes as well and have helped me go through different situations, both good and bad. And I just, uh, I hope that I've had an impact on them as much as they've had an impact on me. Um, I know a few of you are here today, and so I do appreciate you coming out. Um, so taking a look at Timothy as a biblical example of what, a young per what it looks like to be on fire for Christ at a young age. Well, Timothy, first, first things first, is he was humbled. He, he humbled himself. Um, in Acts 16, Paul had just met Timothy, taken him under his wing, and he asked him to become circumcised. Timothy, whose father was Greek, was uncircumcised, and his mother was um, a Jew. But Timothy, being in his 20s, so think about this, being in your 20s, went through with that in order to be a better witness to the Jews he was around at the time. He also accepted his role. He understood the importance of learning from others. And because of this, he understood, like every human, he was flawed, imperfect, sinful, and inexperienced. By accepting our flaws, we begin to realize we, how desperate we are for Christ, to intervene and want to be in deeper relationship with him. Paul talks about the hope he has in sending Timothy to the church in Philippi, and how Timothy is a caring man who seeks Christ first, unlike others. So just another example of Timothy really sought out Christ. He sought out a relationship with Christ. And then finally, Paul, like Jesus, set a great example for us in making disciples. Again, back going back to Acts 16, Paul sought out Timothy. He took him under his wing. Um, he didn't wait for somebody to come up to him. He, he sought out Timothy. Um, he then proceeded to write him two letters that show up in the Bible. And in those two letters, Paul is mentoring Timothy in his personal faith, his ministry, and encouraging him through good and bad times. Throughout Scripture, you can see the pure joy that Paul gets from this relationship with Timothy. Oftentimes, he's calling him a son. Um, he, he literally says, it was a pure joy, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again. And I, I think this joy is also a testament to Timothy and his willingness to accept Paul's teachings and, and implement them. So my question to the younger generation is, are we humble enough to realize we can't do this on our own? Are we pursuing Christ and striving to be more and more like him every day? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? Do you have other believers pouring into you? Who is your Paul? I do want to take a second and just thank some of my role models in the faith. Steve, um, thanks for being my Paul, walking through life with me. Um, we have met probably once a month at least. 
um, for the last five years. Um, sometimes talking through life and other times um, just going through a devotional called Operation Timothy, following Paul's example of disciple making. Len, thanks for challenging me to do this. Um, and not just do this, but you've been a great mentor the last, I think, 12, 12 years, if I did my math right. Um, my dad and my father-in-law, you both have been first stringers on many of pulpits across the world and in your homes, and I thank you for your example. Matthias, thanks for the challenge. Uh, glad to fill in for you today. Can't wait to hear <laughs> more about what God is doing through you and see you soon. Um, into our community group. I just hope you guys know that how much Kendra and I really enjoy doing life with you guys. Um, and to my family, thanks for keeping Kendra upright. I think she was a little more anxious than I was even uh, for today. So um, by nature, I am a financial advisor. And I like to talk with my clients about the eighth wonder of the world. And that is compound interest. All right? And so... <laughs> I, I have a little chart here, um, and it's just showing the importance of starting early. And, and so if you, if you look at this chart, if you start at 25 years old, assuming you get a 7% rate of return, you only have to save $381 a month. So think about that. Over 40 years, you save $182,000 and it would grow to a million dollars. If you wait just 10 years, I'll, I'll push this off in 10 years, I'll get to it. That number more than doubles to 820. Wait another 10 years, it more than doubles again. And by the time you're 55, that's a, that's a decent salary, a monthly salary, let alone um, how much you have to save, okay? And so it, once again, Looking at 25, that's $182,000. Versus at 45, you'd have to do more than double that in a shorter amount of time just to be able to get to a million. And I can only imagine our faith grows like this when we consistently invest in our relationship with Christ. So kind of in closing here to wrap things up, as young people, we aren't given the minor league Holy Spirit. Okay, in Acts 1, 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All right, it doesn't say, for those of you that are 30 plus, it doesn't say if you lead a Bible study or if you're in full-time ministry. It says you. So if we have the same Holy Spirit and the same amount of time in a day, what is the advantage of being young? Well, God willing, we have more time to see God do his will and create exponential growth in us and through us for his glory. So talking to the youth specifically right now, because this is the greatest potential to you, I just ask in great humility that you join me in pursuing the ninth wonder, which is too great for this world, compound faith. Okay? By starting to invest in our relationship with Christ now, through knowing the word, communicating with him through prayer and seeking godly mentors, just imagine the compounding effect God can do through us over, his life, over our lifetime. And God is a big fan of compound interest. In Malachi 3.10, God's talking about tithing here. 
He's talking about using your resources. And he almost throws it out as a challenge. And so he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now. God is asking them to test him. And this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. <laughs> Just imagine like God is willing to bless our resources. Just imagine if we were to lay down our full life to him and how much more he would bless us then. So my challenge is, yes, let's, let's know the word. Let's pray. Make sure we're in communication with God. We also need to seek godly counsel, godly wisdom. And finally, we just need to pursue him with reckless abandon. That's all I got. So let, let me pray real quick as the, as the group comes up, um, as the teens come up, and we'll go from there. Dear Lord, I just uh, thank you for this opportunity to share your word. And I just pray that uh, people would find the one thing that they needed to hear from you today, and that it wouldn't be from me, but from you. And I just pray a blessing over this next um, little bit of time with the teens that uh, you would just give them the words to say and that uh, this, it would just be a powerful time of learning about you and, and how to help this next generation. In your name we pray. Amen.